my dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution each and every week, of course, talking about the way the world is changing. And we look at it through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. Of course, the decentralized technology is what's changing the world. Of course, that is Bitcoin. And we are witnessing all three of these things converging, clashing. I say it with a smile on my face, uh, not because I uh, enjoy the pain that's being inflicted or the, or, the, or the more pain that will unfortunately come for most people. Um, I say it just because it is interesting. We've been waiting for this to happen for a long time. It's finally happening. And, um, it gives me a lot of stuff to talk about. Now, like I said, if you're not prepared, if you're on the wrong side of this, it could be drastic for you, but you still got time. You still got time. Now I like to say, uh, I like to, I like to quote Ayn Rand. She says that you can choose to ignore reality, but you can't ignore the consequences of reality. And so I think about that. This is the reality. I like to also say that uh, we don't uh, we don't invest in the markets as we want them to be, as we wish they would be, as we think they should be, but rather as they are. So we want to pay attention to this. Now, um, as we're witnessing the world break down, um, we were just talking about in a previous segment uh, the Bank of England 
one of the largest central banks in the developed world is breaking right now. They've, they've put in some backstop measures that most likely won't work uh, for a very long period of time, at least. And so we're witnessing this happening. Now, as this is happening, Bitcoin appears to be kind of holding up. Now, why is that? Now, um, we know that Bitcoin was created in 2008 at the 2008 Great Financial Crash. We have not witnessed Bitcoin go through a bear market. It was really created at the bottom of the bear market of the last cycle. And so we don't really know what's going to happen. We don't have a historical context or historical lens from that. But we do know it was created specifically for this. As a matter of fact, the first line of code by Satoshi Nakamoto said that uh, the chancellor was on the brink of a second bailout. So he was basically putting the message that uh, banks are going to keep bailing themselves out. They're going to keep printing more money as they continue to print more money. Your money loses its purchasing power, which of course is what inflation is. And so um, it was created for this. And here we are witnessing it kind of, I'd like to say coming to an end, but you know, we don't know how many more tricks these central bankers have up their sleeves. Um, Safety uh, Amus, he wrote the book, The Bitcoin Standard, which I highly recommend if you haven't read that book, The Bitcoin Standard, you certainly should. I love the book because it really goes through the, uh, a full history of, of what money is, all the different forms of money, how they're used, why they're important. It goes through the history of the gold standard. And then it goes into a new, better way, which would be a Bitcoin standard. And so uh, a great book. It's a, it's a big book, highly worth reading. But he said that the only way for Bitcoin to be defeated would be for central banks to become fiscally responsible. So pain causes um, innovation. We typically only move when we're in enough pain. Now, I believe in chiropractic. I've been going to chiropractors most of my life. I believe in it. I understand that your, uh, you know, your spine, uh, all your nerves of your body come to your spine and you want to keep your spine in perfect alignment to keep your body in harmony. I believe in it. But as much as I believe in it, I typically only go when I'm in pain, right? And the more pain I'm in, the more motivated I'm, I'm to go. And so that's just unfortunately how we are as humans. We need some sort of a pain, typically greeter, greeter pain. So we'll be motivated by greed, but, but usually pain. So um, solutions start coming to problems. When we have problems, we start looking for solutions to those problems. Now, we have a problem with what we use as money today because the central bankers continually manipulate it and continually cause boom and bust cycles. And that's probably one thing we can just count on. We can count on humans controlling money. We'll always manipulate it. We can just count on that. It's human nature. And so, the only way that, uh, so that's a problem. It's a massive problem. Now, if you're in, you know, if you're in the United States and you go to the bar tonight, you're going to have a $15 cocktail. It's not really bothering you that much. But if you're about 4 billion people in the world today living under double and triple digit inflation, it's a big, big deal. It's ruining your life. We're going to talk about that in a minute. And so you need a solution for this. Now, there's some solutions that are available, and that's why we're seeing it in these other areas of the world first. But again, back to the, the quote by Safetyne, um, the only way for Bitcoin to be defeated is if central banks become fiscally responsible, which we don't count on happening because of human nature. Now, since the Bank of England has been breaking, they've, they've agreed to bail out their financial system, bail out the pension funds. Uh, we've seen Bitcoin go up. Meanwhile, everything else is going down. It's pretty interesting. Now, uh, one of the most famous, maybe one of the uh, most successful investors in the world today is Stanley Druckenmiller. Um, he actually un worked under George Soros and helped um, organize the trade where they broke the Bank of England in a single day, made a billion dollars. 
He's uh, his the way that he invests is really always been following the liquidity of the system. So he's watching central bank um, policy, and when they increase the money supply or when they decrease the money supply, um, he knows what to do with his money. Now, he came out uh, a few years ago and said he's a fan of Bitcoin. As a matter of fact, he's buying Bitcoin. The most successful investors, one of the most successful investors in the world, studying under George Soros, he said that he's buying Bitcoin because he understands, because he studies, right? His whole investing strategy has been following what central banks do. He understands what they're doing, and he understands there's a need for something like Bitcoin. He came out this week, and he said that he thinks that crypto could enjoy a quote-unquote renaissance as trust in banks fades, is what he said. He said, uh, he said as the global economy extends its suffering, is what he said. So he hinted at a renaissance for the crypto space if public trust fades in central banks. Well, is it fading? Well, they've clearly lost control. The Federal Reserve of the United States has two mandates, full employment and stable prices. We're certainly nowhere near stable prices. We haven't had anything remotely close to stable prices for at least the last couple of years. So they're, they're obviously failing at that. They're trying to regain credibility. This is their words. Um, Jerome Powell said they are going to keep at it until it is done. So they're going to keep at whatever they're doing, to tr uh, which is raising rates, um, to regain credibility. They want to show the world that they, they have control of the money system, but they don't. Nobody believes it. And on top of it, we're witnessing them failing left and right. Now, the Central Bank of the United States, the Fed, would probably be the last one standing, in my opinion. We're watching the smaller ones go, go bust left and right. They're all scrambling right now. So public trust is fading. So he said there will be a renaissance if public trust fades. What's happening? He said that rate hikes from the Fed and worsening macroeconomic conditions have proven brutal to the industry. Yes, of course. So what we've seen is that because they've been raising rates, we've seen risk on assets. These are like tech stocks. These are cryptocurrencies. They've had a massive sell-off. Right? There's no denying that. Bitcoin's down almost 70%. It's a big drawdown. But that's because Bitcoin is being traded like a risk on asset. But Stanley Druckermiller thinks that it could see a revival as this macro situation worsens, and it could actually shift from being a risk on asset to a risk off asset. And he's not the only one. As a matter of fact, Bloomberg Intelligence put out a report saying that they believe that by the end of 2022, Bitcoin will transform from a risk-on asset to a risk-off asset. What does that mean? Risk-on is things that you buy when you're okay taking the risk. When there's tons of central bank liquidity going into the system, everything is going to go higher, then I'm going to go into the riskiest things because I'll get the best returns. So these are the tech stocks that don't make any money or you know don't make any profits, cryptocurrencies, et cetera. Risk off is when uh, markets are crashing. I don't want to take any risk anymore. I better move my money into very safe things. So these are typically government bonds. Um, these are gold, things like that. Those are risk off. So they think that Bitcoin, Bloomberg Intelligence, thinks that Bitcoin will move from a risk on to a risk off because of what's happening. And Druckenmiller is saying the same thing. He says that he thinks the U.S. economy could suffer from a, quote, hard landing in the medium term future. What's medium term? Probably in the next six months. He didn't say that. I said that. Adding that he would be stunned if we don't have a recession in 2023. That's what he says. So um, he thinks that we're going to have a hard landing. A hard landing means a big crash. And he'd be stunned if it doesn't happen in 2023. Um, just taking a break for a second. You're listening to the Mark Moss show. If you're just tuning in, 
We're talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing. When we look at it through politics, finance, and technology, of course, the technology being Bitcoin, which we're talking about right now. I'm talking about what one of the greatest investors alive today had to say this week about what's coming next. You don't want to miss what he had to say and more specifically what you should be doing about it. I'll be right back. Don't go away. My dad works in B2B marketing, but I never really knew what that meant. Then one day, my dad came by my school for career day and told everyone in my class he was a big MQL man. Then he just kept saying things like, the more MQLs, the better, over and over. My friends still laugh at me to this day. I think it means marketing qualified lead. One thing's for sure. I'll be known as the MQL man's kid for the rest of my days. Why couldn't you just be a fireman or a lawyer? Why? You ruined my life, Dad. Not everyone gets B2B, but LinkedIn has the people who do. And with ads on LinkedIn, you'll be able to reach people based on job title, industry, likelihood to buy, and more. Start converting your B2B audience into high-quality leads today. We'll even give you $100 credit on your next ad campaign. Go to linkedin.com slash customer to claim your credit. That's linkedin.com slash customer. Terms and conditions apply. LinkedIn, the place to be, to be. AI might be the most important new computer technology ever. It's storming every industry, and literally billions of dollars are being invested. So buckle up. The problem is that AI needs a lot of speed and processing power. So how do you compete without costs spiraling out of control? It's time to upgrade to the next generation of the cloud. Oracle Cloud Infrastructure, or OCI. OCI is a single platform for your infrastructure, database, application development, and AI needs. OCI has four to eight times the bandwidth of other clouds, offers one consistent price instead of variable regional pricing, and of course, nobody does data better than Oracle. So now you can train your AI models at twice the speed and less than half the cost of other clouds. If you want to do more and spend less like Uber, 8x8, and Databricks Mosaic, take a free test drive of OCI at oracle.com strategic. That's oracle.com strategic. oracle.com strategic. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the world changing. The financial system is crashing. We look at the politics, the finance, and the technology piece. The financial system is crashing. The political leaders are trying to angle a maneuver to hang on to it. And then, of course, the financial system is being destroyed and a new one is being created. So Stanley Miller, one of the greatest investors in the world today, says that uh, he thinks that we're gonna, the U.S. is going to have a hard landing. In the medium term, he said he'll be stunned if it doesn't happen by next year. Um, he said the U.S. was in, quote, deep trouble 
and he shared an ominous warning that said, quote, something really bad could happen. His words. Something really bad could happen uh, due to the worsening state of the economy. Now, like I said, this guy has an amazing track record in playing market cycles. And he, he hinted, he said, that there's actually probably a silver lining for Bitcoin. Again, he said there's a renaissance if people start to lose trust in central banks. What we're seeing is that if you have your money in the banks, it could disappear. Now, again, it works in the places where the pain is the highest. Now, in the United States, the pain is the lowest. It's the lowest. And most likely the pain will come to us in the United States last. But do you want to make the mistake and lose everything? Or would you rather learn from other people's mistakes so you don't have to? Now, I would prefer to learn from other people's mistakes, which I try and do. So what mistakes are we seeing? Well, in Lebanon, people are literally breaking into the banks. They're literally doing bank heist to get their own money out because they can't get it. In the UK, we're not talking about Lebanon. We're talking about in the UK, the bond investors, the pensions, the retirees just potentially lost all their money, but the central bank just bailed in, stepped in to bail them out. How long can they keep doing that for? The answer is not very long. But this can't happen here, Mark. No way. We're the United States. Sure. We're the United States. Reserve currency of the world. We have the FDIC insurance, right? It'll back up those bank statements. It will. It certainly will. I believe that uh, no, there's a chance it won't. Uh, FDIC insurance doesn't have enough insurance to cover the bank deposits. It would take a Congress to act and give them the amount of money they would need. And even if, even if Congress did do that, they'd have to go print uh, $80 trillion. But what would happen if they did that? Well, that would devalue the currency massively. So even if they did give you your dollars back, they would only buy you a fraction of what they would buy today. So it makes sense. I might want to have some assets that are outside this system. And that's exactly what he's talking about. Druckenmiller's argument is that the asset class could see a bounce, not because of the Fed flipping from hawkish to dovish. So right now the Fed is hawkish, right? They're, they're going to crush inflation. We're going to crush demand. They're very hawkish. They're very harsh. Moving to dovish means they're, they're light. They're friendly. They're going to now ease system. They're going to pump money back in. So he said, he said that uh, we could see the asset class bounce, not because of the Fed flipping from hawkish to dovish, but... Because people may lose trust in central banks like the Fed altogether. And I think that's exactly what's happening. Now, um, there's other bullish tailwinds behind Bitcoin as well. As a matter of fact, um, the CFTC chairman, Benram, said this week that he thinks the, quote, Bitcoin price could double. Hmm. CFTC. CFTC um, chairman. What did he say exactly? Now, if you're not, if you know what the CFTC is, it's the Commodities Futures Trading Commission. It's the regulatory body in the United States that regulates commodities. Commodities are typically real things. These are wheat, it's oil, it's gas, it's uranium, um, silver, right? That's commodities. Securities are equities. Securities are Tesla stock or Apple stock or Microsoft stock. So securities and commodities. The commodities are the CFTC is the regulatory body in the United States. And they are, uh, well, Bitcoin has been kind of up for debate. Uh, they've been squabbling over who's going to control Bitcoin. A lot of people say, well, wait till the government regulates it. Well, I'm like, the government already regulates it. As a matter of fact, the CFTC already regulates it. As a matter of fact, the SEC regulates it. The IRS regulates it. FinCEN regulates it. And on and on and on. But the CFTC and, and the SEC have been fighting over who is going to be the regulator of the crypto industry. 
And basically where we're at today, Gary Gensler, who's the head of the SEC, has basically come out and said, he hasn't written it down in black and white on paper, but he's basically said it verbally that anything other than Bitcoin is a security. And they had originally kind of said maybe Ethereum is not a security, uh, but now that Ethereum just went through this merge, he says that now it's probably a security. So don't get mad at me. Don't shoot the messenger. That's Gary Gensler, head of the SEC, said that. So it looks like Bitcoin might be the only one that is actually a commodity and is a, it is a regulated by the CFTC, CFTC. So the chairman, Rostin Benram, said this week on Wednesday, he said, uh, quote, growth might occur if we have a well-regulated space. Um, he told, uh, there was a fireside chat at New York University School of Law. He said, quote, Bitcoin might double in price if there's a CFTC regulated market, end quote. So he's saying that, uh, look, if we could just get some clarity here, right? If we get this, get the SEC out of the way, let's clearly define everything else as securities. Let's make Bitcoin a commodity. We'll take it over. Um, if it, and if we can give it a regulated market, we think the price of Bitcoin could double. I think Bitcoin could do way more than double, but that's that's his words. Um, he went on to say, oh, so there's a bill. So a bipartisan bill introduced by the leaders of the Senate Agriculture Committee, which oversees the CFTC, would crown the CFTC the primary regulator for the crypto industry, expand the agency's authority to oversee crypto spot markets, and require crypto trading firms to register with the CFTC. So there's this new bill. They're hoping that it goes through. If it goes through, it gives them clarity. If it gives them clarity, then they'll have the ability to oversee the regulations, which again, back to his words saying that if we get clear regulations, then we think the price of Bitcoin could double. Um, now, look, I'm just going to say a disclaimer. Uh, I'm not for any of this. Um, I believe that um, I live in America. I was born in a free country, land of the free, right? Um, we don't ask for permission in the United States. Everything is free because we live in a free country. Now they make laws making things illegal. So if there's a law specifically saying that something's illegal, then it's illegal, right? So I'm not saying that we should go break the law. The laws are there. We have to honor those laws or we, we pay, the, pay the consequence for those. The point that I'm making is that we don't ask for permission to do things. If there's a law, then we know there's a law. If there's not a law, then it's free. We're free to do that. So my father went to war for it. So my grandfather went to war for it. So all our forefathers went to war for it. So for them to say that, you know, things would probably be better if we made some regulations around it, I just have a hard time believing that. I don't support that. Um, now, the problem is, I guess, some of these, you know, Wall Street firms, um, they're afraid to act because they're afraid if they do something that then later one of these regulatory bodies could come and change their laws retroactively and they could uh, you know, get in trouble and have to pay fines or whatever, which is a problem. That's pretty stupid that you could have a regulatory body come in and make laws that aren't there and then retroactively put them in place. Kind of highlights how screwed up this whole system that we have here. Now, I get it. Like I said, if there's laws, you got you to respect those laws. But if there's no laws, then we should be free to do that. So the fact that we need a we need a new regulation to give clarity so that it allows people to make a move that they could then push the price higher, it's pretty messed up. But that's the world that we live in. It's his words, not mine. Stanley Druckenmiller thinks the price could go up as central banks lose credibility, which they are. CFTC says if this bill goes through and gives clarity, we could see the price of Bitcoin double. Bloomberg Intelligence says that Bitcoin can move from risk on to risk off asset. Are you starting to see the light at the end of the tunnel. You listen to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution. I'll be back with that and more in a minute. Do not go away. I'll be right back.
Let me run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at legalshield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow the global story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com slash delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is changing rapidly. You know, I think about, uh, I, I, I say it all the time, this Putin quote, I'm sorry, not Putin, the other Vladimir, Vladimir Lenin, uh, that uh, there's de- there's decades where nothing seems to happen and there's days where decades seem to happen. And that's kind of where we're at right now. The world is literally burning down, crumbling down all around us. Maybe you don't notice, you know, um, I just got back. I was in uh, Mexico for about six days. I went and spoke at a conference down in Mexico City called uh, Nomad Capitalist. About 500 people there at the conference. And they were all there to learn about um, international diversification. We'll call it that. So these 500 people went to Mexico City to attend this conference, which I was a speaker there, um, to learn about international diversification. What does that mean? Well, what, what, what is diversification? So that means instead of putting all your money into one stock, that'd be pretty foolish, uh, you would diversify. 
So instead of putting it all in one stock, I'd spread my money around. I'd put a little bit into real estate, a little bit into gold, a little bit into stocks, a little bit into Bitcoin, and not just one stock. I'd put it into multiple stocks in multiple sectors, right? So that's diversification. So international diversification is kind of the same thing, which is like I wouldn't put all my, 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 my money in one stock. Why would I have my whole life in one country? Now, again, if you're in the United States, maybe you don't see this. If you're in another country, you probably see the need for this more and more. Remember, we move off of pain. And so these people came uh, to, to learn about this international diversification. We're learning about all these problems, all these laws, all these things, all these financial situations that are going on, why you might want to diversify um, internationally. That means, you know, getting different residencies, different per, uh, passports, um, setting up different corporations in other countries, buying uh, properties or investing into other countries, um, things like that. And so these, these 500 people were pretty tuned in to what's going on. Obviously, they're paying attention, and that's why they're there. They see the signs, and they realize they should probably – start making plans for this. But then, you know, at the, just I, I was just thinking about like the other people at the hotel. Um, then uh, my wife and I, we took off from um, Mexico City, flew out to the beach at Puerto Vallarta, hung out for a couple of days there, just hanging out the, at the beach, hanging around the pool and the hotel resort, etc. And I'm just looking at all the people there and just thinking like, these people have no idea what's about to happen. And then I think, you know, they have no idea what's going to happen and does it matter? Like, we're in this town of Puerto Vallarta. You know, we're 30, 40 minutes away from the airport. Um, it's kind of like a little pueblo, like a little village there. Um, they have no idea. They're just living their lives. But what if this entire financial system melts down? Does it affect them? Well, you know, a lot of times in, in, in third world countries like this, like Mexico, Central America, El Salvador, Nicaragua, et cetera, they don't have bank accounts. They don't have their money in the bank, so they don't really have to worry about that way. But... If they did have money in the bank, that would certainly affect them in a big way. If they obviously had stocks and bonds and, and whatnot, that would certainly affect them in a big way. But they don't, not there. Uh, but their lifestyle would change. They'd certainly have way less tourism. <laughs> and they live off tourism. So all these people that they were expecting to come there wouldn't be. So just look back in March of 2020 or, or most of 2020, really, during the pandemic, people in Mexico were like literally starving to death. Because there was no tourism. So without any economy, without, without any tourism, what do they do? I was involved in a, um, in a ministry down in another town, uh, Puerto Escondido, and I was sending money down there. And uh, they were buying food, and they had like this food ministry where they were delivering packets of food out to all these different people. Um, because they just they had no way to eat. So even if you're not paying attention to what's going on, and even if you don't have your money in the bank, and even if you don't have your stocks or whatever, you're still going to be affected by what's going on. So again, back to the Ayn Rand quote, you can choose to ignore reality, but you cannot ignore the consequences of reality. So I like to pay attention. I like to watch the signs. Now, now one thing that you want to think about is um, one of the biggest revolutions in the world is obviously Bitcoin. But one of, the, one of the features of it is that for the first time in history, or, or we'll go back, one of the oldest problems in history is how do I protect my wealth, my assets, my value in a, in a way that won't be stolen? So uh, for the first few people in the world, you're going to try and come steal my chickens or my goats. Uh, so we, we make a, a tribe and we make a village, we make a kingdom, we make a country to protect our private property. But Bitcoin solved that. For the first time in history, now I can have my $100, $1,000, million, billion, whatever I have, and I can just store it cryptographically. And it doesn't cost me any more time, effort, energy to secure $1 than it does a $1 billion. And no one could take it from me. Now, that's if 
I custody it myself if I take custody. Now, um, to these pensioners in the UK right now that are losing all their money as a system, well, the UK is bailing them out right now. Maybe it'll work, maybe it won't. But all their money, all their value, all their wealth is in somebody else's pocket, in the government's pocket. And there's a chance they don't get it back. That's called counterparty risk. And so one of the best ways to do that is to pull this out. Now, let's go back to, um, let's go back to America. Let's put it here. Let's put it right here at home. Gold had been money for 5,000 years. Through the 1800s, the United States was blowing up. People were farming, and we had agriculture growing. People were making so much money. Uh, new towns were being developed. Uh, the wealth that was being created was, um, was unimaginable. But that was all in gold. They stored it in gold. But what do you do with all this gold? Now, if you've got $100 worth of gold, it's easy, right? You put it under your mattress. If you have a million dollars of gold, you got to do something else with it. You can't just go bury it in the yard. And so they put it into banks. By 1933, everyone had just put their gold in the banks, and the banks gave them IOUs or, or claims saying that they were owed the gold. In 1933, the government shut all the banks down for a week. When they opened the banks back up um, a week later, it was illegal to own gold. You couldn't get your gold out of the bank anymore. Your, your gold was taken from you. Now, if you didn't have your gold in the banks, and instead you had your gold buried in your backyard, guess what? You didn't get your gold stolen from you. Or let's say you didn't have gold at all. Let's say that uh, you owned land and you had like 100,000 head of cattle and you had a business or whatever. Well, then they stole the gold, but I didn't have my gold in there. So that's what we're talking about. You have your pension in their bond market. You have your stocks and your equities there. You have your money in their bank accounts. If this system goes down like it, like it has many times before, 1971, 1940, or 1933, you're going to be affected. But if you don't, if you have your money out of that, like Bitcoin, put it into cold storage, you're probably going to be doing a lot better off. You lose that counterparty risk. So um, I'm obviously a fan of Bitcoin. I think it's the future. I think uh, if you don't have at least a 2 to 3%, maybe up to a 5% allocation to it, it's pretty irresponsible in today's day and age. I'm not saying take all your money and go buy it. I'm, not, I'm definitely not saying that. As a matter of fact, I'm saying not to do that. Don't do that. But what I am saying is, you add up all your investable assets. And investable assets are everything but your house and your and your uh, and your business. So take up all your stock accounts, you know, your four hundred one ks, etc. Add that all up. Is it a thousand dollars? Okay, it's a hundred thousand dollars. Whatever it is, take one percent or two percent of that and just put it into Bitcoin. Not 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 a hundred percent, not fifty percent, but one or two percent. And then when you buy it. Take it off the exchange and hold it in your own custody. Bitcoin is a bearer asset, meaning if I have it, I have it, and nobody else has it. Now, if we need any more uh, confidence into what's happening in the future, it's all around us. Now, remember I was talking about how really pain causes action, like my chiropractic story. I believe in chiropractic, but I typically don't go and tell I'm in pain. And so when you're, you know, in downtown New York and Manhattan and you're at the bar ordering $15 martinis, you probably don't have a super high pain. But if you're in Mexico, depending on tourism, or you're in sub-Saharan Africa, you might have a whole different set of pain. And that's why the areas of the world that have this pain are the areas that are adopting it first. And as a matter of fact, this new report came out that shows just how fast it's happening there. And you're not going to believe it. So I want to cover that in a minute. When I come back, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show. We're talking about the decentralized revolution, talking about the way the world is changing through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. 
And I want to cover that. I want to talk about where the pain point is the highest, what the numbers are of it moving through. I also want to talk about, forget the price for a minute. There's two things that you should be watching, and neither one of those are the price. I'm going to talk about both of those as well. So I got that to cover when I come back. Don't go away. I'll be right back. Let me just run this by my lawyer is a really helpful phrase to have in your back pocket. Legal Shield has been giving legal peace of mind for over 50 years. They connect you to a vetted law firm in your state for an affordable monthly fee. Want an experienced set of eyes on a contract's fine print? Or you finally want to get that will done? Legal Shield has a dedicated group of lawyers who have your back, no matter what the future brings. Sign up today at LegalShield.com forward slash iHeart. PPLSI does not provide legal representation or advice. See a plan for complete terms. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. The Home Depot wants every mom to have their own outdoor oasis this Mother's Day. Whether that be a new space to relax or a beautiful garden upgrade, at The Home Depot, you can give mom a gift that's as unique as she is with a stylish and comfortable place to entertain or relax for the mom who does it all. And with convenient delivery, you won't have to stress over getting it to her either. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers for the mom who's great with gardening? Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring Bring out the most in our patios, walkways, and gardens with the Home Depot's Mother's Day Savings Event happening now. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Start your Mother's Day shopping and saving today by checking out the Home Depot's extensive selection online at homedepot.com or directly in-store near you with convenient pickup and delivery options. See homedepot.com delivery for details. The Home Depot, how doers get more done. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union, a savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. All right, welcome back. You are listening to The Mark Moss Show, where we talk about the decentralized revolution. I'm giving you the play-by-play as you can see the world transforming, changing right before our very eyes, moving from a world of centralization, top-down, centrally planned, world economic forum-driven world into back to a free, fair, decentralized world. Of course, we look at through the lens of politics, finance, and technology. The technology being the decentralized revolution that we're having, the technology being Bitcoin. And, you know, we were talking about how um, if you're in uh, New York City, downtown Manhattan, and you're at the bar having your $15 martini, you probably don't see the need for it. But if you're in, um, you know, if you're one of 4 billion people in the world living under an authoritarian regime, dealing with double or triple digit inflation, you got a need. You have a need. You need a solution for it. If you're in North Korea and you're not allowed to have any money, and without money, there's no freedom, you have a need. And so in North Korea, you know, they have this, uh, in, in every area of the world, there's capitalism. 
capitalism being um, being taking my personal private property and trying to do free trade and use my scarce resources more efficiently. That's what capitalism is. And capitalism is always and everywhere present. Even in the most communist areas, people are still doing, st still freely trading amongst themselves. It's called black markets. Um, even in preschools, kids are trading sandwiches for chips or for stickers. It's called free markets. Even in prison, there's capitalism. People are taking their scarce resources and trading it freely. Capitalism is not cronyism. People think, oh, capitalism failed. Look at what, look at, look at the United States. Capitalism has failed. Well, the United States is, is nowhere near capitalism. As a matter of fact, uh, we're 70%, uh, or 70% I, I, not, uh, I guess 70% communism. In Karl Marx's book titled The Communist Manifesto, he lays out 10 points of communism. 10 points that you must have in order to have a communist society. The United States has seven of those 10. That's a quantitative metric. Seven of the 10 are here. It's not freely traded. Corporations using the government to put regulations in place to protect themselves and create these moats, that's not capitalism. Capitalism is free and voluntary exchange. They say, oh, capitalism led to slavery. Well, capitalism is free and voluntary exchange. It protects private property rights. Does slavery protect private property rights? Does slavery, is slavery free and voluntary? So it's not capitalism. You can call it that if you want, but that's not what it is. All right. Uh, oh, and a shameless plug. Um, if you've never read the Communist Manifesto, save yourself the brain cells. Um, I wrote a, a rebuttal to that. It's called The Un- Communist Manifesto. You can find that on Amazon. It went live um, in August. And uh, check it out. Uncommonist Manifesto. Leave me a review. I'd love to hear it. All right. Now, back to where the pain is the highest. And again, this is in these um, areas where the pain is the highest. And so what we see is that crypto is quietly thriving in sub-Saharan Africa per a Chainalysis report. Report shows strong crypto usage and adoption rates in the region with highly educated young people and low job prospects. Crypto is a, quote, a way to feed their families. Hmm. That sounds weird. I thought it was just for criminals. I thought it was only for criminals that want to do criminal things. I thought it was just for financial speculators. Well, in America, it is because there's no, there's no, uh, well, I, I'm not, it's not for, not for criminals, but it's for speculating in, in the U.S. because we don't have the pain. But in Sub-Saharan Africa, we are. It says um, the region, Sub-Saharan Africa, um, crypto adoption usage is, has the world's highest proportion of crypto retail payments of less than $1,000. It has 80%, 80% of the world's proportion of crypto payments of under $1,000. That means it's being used for real things. The report highlights how peer-to-peer -peer transactions are more common in sub-Saharan Africa than anywhere else in the world. 6% of all crypto transaction volume is happening in Africa. Um, it says it dwarfs those of Central and Southern Asia, and Oceania, with the region, uh, oh, and Oceania, the region with the second highest volumes in that category. Many Africans have integrated crypto into everyday life, the report says. Crypto usage is driven by everyday necessity as opposed to, so it's driven by everyday necessity, not by speculation by the already well-off. 
It's especially in countries where the values of local fiat currencies are dropping, as we've seen in Nigeria and Kenya. So again, if you're in Nigeria or Kenya where the value of your currency is dropping so fast, you know, you're losing 60, 70, 80% of the value of your currency, you're going to go to something else. <laughs> At least you better. You're going to go to crypto. You're going to go to Bitcoin. But, but Bitcoin's too volatile. Well, it's too volatile. I would agree. It's much more volatile than the United States U.S. dollar currency. But what about if you're in Nigeria or Kenya? Is it more volatile than those currencies? Is it at risk of getting seized like what's happening in Lebanon? The answer is no. You're going to take your chance. Uh, it says here, we don't have big institutional level traders in sub-Saharan Africa. It's the people driving the market here. And they're all retail Nigeria has a ton of highly educated young graduates with high unemployment rates and no jobs available. So it's not just uh, stupid, ignorant, um, dumb people being taken advantage of. It's not just uh, rich speculators trying to make money. No, highly educated young graduates with high unemployment rates and no jobs available. Crypto to them is a rescue. It's a way to feed their family, the report says. It's growing. Now, it grows where the need is the biggest, just like um, other technologies do. So the internet was a technology that swept across the world. It's changed the world. It's brought more equality to the world than anything in the world. If you have a smartphone, which most of the world does now, you're pretty equal. You can learn anything you want in the world with a smartphone on you know, Google or YouTube. You can meet anybody in the world that you want on social media. You can uh, pretty much do any business that you want in the world from a smartphone if, if you're allowed to join the financial network. Now, half the world isn't allowed to join the global financial system. Why? Because they're not, they're not able to. They don't have permission. They don't have permission to join. It's a big deal. Now, uh, Jack Dorsey, who you might know, uh, you might know that name. He was the founder, the CEO of Twitter until recently he stepped down. Jack Dorsey, um, yeah, I mean, you don't have to, you obviously, I'm sure know who he is. He's not only the founder of Twitter, but also Block, uh, which is uh, Square and Cash App, one of the largest digital payment providers in the world. He left Twitter to focus the rest of his life on building Bitcoin. That's what he said. Those are his words. He created a new company called TBD. It's a Bitcoin-focused subsidiary of Jack Dorsey's Block, which is uh, SQ. It's teaming up with now Circle Internet Finance, which is an uh, issuer of a stablecoin, a USDC. Now, stablecoin is like a digital dollar, and it's helping to bring cross-border dollar-linked stablecoin transfers and savings to investors globally. Block is a payments firm that runs on Cash App, that runs Cash App, and it's him by Twitter co-founder, like I said, uh, Jack Dorsey. Now, people that live in countries with rapidly depreciating currencies, such as Argentina and Turkey and, of course, Sub-Saharan Africa, like we were talking about, they have moved into crypto to protect their savings from devaluation, and specifically U.S. dollar-linked stablecoins. They've become a popular alternative for savings and remittances. Remittances are sending currency back and forth. And U.S. dollar is the reserve currency today, and we think Bitcoin might be the reserve currency of tomorrow. I would agree. However, stablecoins are the bridge in between the two, says Emily Chu, TBD's chief operating officer, told Coindesk. And so again, Argentina, Turkey, Sub-Saharan Africa, this is where it's growing. 
Now, eventually, it's going to come to England when the Bank of England uh, finally capitulates and breaks, and it's going to come to the United States as well. You have the chance to get in before everybody else, if you can see the signs, which I'm trying to report to you each and every week. By the way, you're listening to The Mark Moss Show, talking about the decentralized revolution, the way the world is changing right before our very eyes. If you know what you're looking for, you have a chance to front run this with the information I'm giving you. I hope that you take it. And that's what I got. Thanks for listening. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. If a new house is on your wish list in the next five years, grow your savings faster and experience your dreams with an Ohio Homebuyer Plus account from Kemba Financial Credit Union. A savings account specifically designed to save for a new home where you can earn 7% APY, a $500 matching bonus, and a $1,500 mortgage closing cost credit. Learn more at Kemba.org. Offer expires March 31st, 2025. APY equals annual percentage yield. Restrictions apply. NMLS 292230. Equal housing lender. Federally insured by NCUA. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350 plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip hop beats and more on the iHeart Radio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play. Hey, have you ever used Cheapo Air? For years, and I really like it. With Cheapo Air, you can book online, use their app, or even over the phone. They've got great prices on over 500 airlines and millions of accommodations. They're my go-to for travel planning. And if you join their Club Miles program, you can earn points to save on the cost of your travel. Book on the app, and you get double points. Sounds like it's time I tried Cheapo Air. Call Cheapo Air at 855-247-3279 or visit CheapoAir.com slash podcast.